Welcome to the podcast, Science of High Paid, High Performing, Happy Engineers. The show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Welcome guys. In today's show we have one of my best friends, Ashwin Toda. Ashwin Toda is a director analytics and insights at Fidelity Investments. He currently leads talent and people analytics function within Talent Acquisition Group. His work helps companies to hire, retain, and develop better talent. Ashwin is passionate about leveraging advanced analytics and machine learning to provide insights that help organizations to achieving a higher level of associate experience. Ashwin enjoys coaching and mentoring associates in his free time. Welcome to the show, Ashwin Thoda. How are you doing today? Hey man, I'm good. I'm uh, glad to be on the show. Um, really looking forward for some good conversation and um, and yeah, I'm ready. We're pleased to have you, Ashwin. So no, ple- tell- ple- pleasure is all mine. I mean, I, I've been following your uh, uh, you know your work and um, been following your travel and um, you know the uh, the kind of decisions that you made or decisions that you made in the last. Um, couple of years really to, um, you know, help people realize their potential. I think, um, you know, all those things are uh, you know, really great and they resonate very positively with me. So uh, pleasure is all mine. Thank you, Ashwin, for the kind words. So um, tell us about your story. I mean, uh, we both worked, uh, we both went to the same school do, do, during our, doing our master's and now uh, you progressed pretty rapidly in your career to become the director. Uh, 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 to become um, the director at Fidelity Investments, and now you lead a team, uh, uh, um, people analytics team. So tell us about your journey on um, what got you to uh, becoming a director at Fidelity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I haven't planned any of this. I guess, and I never planned to become a director or uh, planned on leading a function with an organization. You know, all I planned to do um, was an ease to um, learn and uh, make it as a habit. Um, you know, like you know, I've been fascinated about um, big data, data analytics for a while now, and um, started uh, learning new things such as. Um, you know, Hadoop, big data, and all that stuff. And I started it, I think, um, back in 2013. And then I realized that um, the analytics landscape itself is changing, um, you know, from your traditional descriptive analytics, and it's progressing, <clears throat> progressing towards, um, you know, machine learning and data science. So that's when I decided to uh, invest in myself and um, I got my second master's degree um, in data science. And as a byproduct of that, you know, my company and my peers uh, kind of uh, recognize my education and um, 
I got into the role that I'm currently in right now. Yeah, fantastic. So you uh, mainly uh, kept track of where the industry is moving and you aligned your skills uh, with the industry trends. And that's when you acquired your new degree in data science. Yeah, I, you know, I think um, I'm always interested to um, help businesses and companies to make data-driven decisions. Um, and I've been doing that uh, for a while using your traditional the BI tools, data analysis, et cetera. So now, because this um, a new uh, field of machine learning and AI uh, is scaling up, I, I decided to uh, learn that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, tell us, you know, right now, AI, data science, it's, it's a buzzword in the industry. Everyone wants to become a data scientist and all the companies w- would like to uh, uh, hire, many companies want to hire talented data scientists. So who do you think can pursue data science? Uh, who's in an advantageous role um, pursue data science? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right in saying that, um, you know, um, data science uh, is the buzzword. I mean, you, probably everyone interested in this topic um, you already know that. And, um, you, know, you know, people are trying to get into, the, get into this field. And, you know, this is a common question uh, that I get asked, um, you know, um, quite often. I think, you know, my response to these uh, questions is, there are multiple fields which can um, which can actually uh, help you to become a data science data scientist. I think the number one um, number one way or career path one could take to become a data science is, uh, you know, first if you're not already in some kind of data related field already, just try to get into that. Um, if you're uh, you know foot into the door in some kind of data related roles such as data engineering, data analyst. Um, you know, SQL engineer, or even business analyst, right? So the commonalities uh, that all these four or five roles share uh, is to work with data, right? And everyone knows that, um, you know, data is messy. And and to be honest, more than data scientists spend um, trying to clean data and trying to make sense of it more than 70% of their time, right? you know, behind all the fanciness of being a data scientist, uh, you know, the core part of their job is to really make sense of data. And if you think about that and try to relate that uh, task, um, you know, it aligns perfectly with the role of data analyst and, uh, and data engineer. Um, so, you know, I personally feel that, um, you know, if you're not comfortable directly transitioning into data scientist role yet, you know, maybe uh, taking um, a leap towards, uh, you know, getting into data science, data and data analyst and data engineering roles <clears throat> might be a good first step, and uh, and slowly build on top of that, and um, I'm sure that uh, you know people can eventually get into data science role. Yeah, that, that's a really good insight. And would you like to share with the audience, like, what was the role you were uh, working in before you transitioned to data science? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, um, I've always been in some kind of data related role, fortunately, but before this, um, I was working as a uh, you know, senior manager, data analytics, um, where the role is um, uh, 
you know, traditional data analytics, right? So uh, doing your um, uh, you know, ETL work, database development, dashboard development, and using all these um, techniques to provide insights, right? Um, so it's not totally different um, to what I do right now, but uh, the focus has shifted from implementing descriptive analytics um, to implementing more um, insightful and, uh, and predictive analytics, right? I think um, another point I want to make here is um, you know, when I talk to, uh, especially folks in folks with engineering background, uh, such as software engineers or data engineers, um, you know, and they tell me that, you know, we, we are trying to learn data science and I already learned Python. Right, or R, or SAS. Yeah, there is this, um, you know, misconception that um, you know, people try to equate Python with data science, or R with data science, R, any programming language or tool with data science, right? And and that's, um, uh, you know, that's a misconception. Um, you know, data science is just a collection of um, uh, mathematical algorithms, and um, you know, Python or R or, or JavaScript. I mean, these are all ways to implement these algorithms at scale. That's not the meat, and those are just tools. And the really the meat of data science is the algorithms that you were referring to. Yeah, absolutely. And my uh, my previous boss, he told me that um, you know his team implemented um, uh, artificial neural networks back in nine, uh, late nineties using Excel. Right. So, uh, you know, people have been doing uh, these things in a variety of different languages. And the reason why uh, there's so much buzz around data science and AI is because of all these modern programming languages and, um, you know, computation has become cheaper and, um, you know, uh, anyone can spin up AWS server and deploy their models. Right. Yeah, totally makes sense. So um, before the, uh, like, you, like you were saying earlier, before uh, you took on this data scientist career, um, you were working as a data analyst with uh, several other tools, sounds like. So um, what got you more to specifically, you could have a programmer, front-end programmer, and the technologies are always evolving. What specifically about data science has motivated you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I never actually uh, thought about it, I guess. You know, but um, maybe um, the number one reason um, why I got interested in, um, in, in this career path is, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about other career paths, such as uh, being a programmer or, you know, data engineer or, you know, are transitioning into core, um, you know, management career path, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to me, um, uh, I've always been a data guy and I'm, I'm geek at heart. Um, so when, when I thought about, and actually this was a decision that I had to make back in, um, back in 2016 when I, when I, when I was applying for uh, schools um, and the options that I have were, um, you know, master's in data science or an MBA, right? Uh, both are two different um, uh, degree programs. Um, and yet I was thinking about both of them, right? Until the last minute. And then I decided that, um, you know, 
if you get a master's in data science or if you choose a, a career path in um, you know uh, in the field of data science i can still um, develop on top of uh, what i've been doing uh, thus far and probably advance my career right whereas if i do um, um, an mba i felt like you know i had to uh, stop doing uh, start being being a hands on guy and probably completely shift towards management, right? Uh, to me, the thought of getting uh, getting away from um, uh, some kind of hands-on work, hands-on work, um, I think I did not uh, appreciate that idea very well. And you know, that's my you know, biggest um, uh, uh, the factor which which actually motivated me uh, to do this um, second master's in data science. Uh, and the other reason is um, I think. You know, um, if you look at um, how people make decisions, or how people have been making decisions traditionally using your dashboards or reports, you know, everything that have they have at their fingertips is after the fact, right? So if some phenomenon will, will happen, and then uh, that generates data, and data analysts or data engineers like us, you know, we'll, we'll just create dashboards or reports to help them to understand a phenomena that has already happened. Right? Whereas, whereas machine learning um, and data science is just the opposite, right? It's, it's, it's all about modeling the facts behind, uh, behind the phenomena, right? It's about uh, that reasoning and, and questioning why certain things happen uh, like they did, and can we really uh, get under the hood, get under the hood, and try to model uh, the traits of the phenomena? Right. So this this whole idea uh, excited me to the core, and um, and, uh, and I was really fascinated about um, uh, you know, the current research, especially in um, you know in, in, in natural language processing and people analytics, and uh, you know I, I thought I should do it. And um, I'm not sure if you remember this or not. Uh, my uh, elder daughter was yet to be born. Um, she, you know, when I when I first started, yeah. uh, started my master. So that's a, that's yeah. really a bold decision, and uh, and I think um, I couldn't be more happier. Yeah, um, and and just for the audience because they don't know what you just said fully, um, it was the same year that he's expecting his daughter and he registered for this um uh for this uh master's course in data science which was a pretty bold decision and um uh you know having a daughter and full-time job and a master's degree and a wife to take care of so uh what was your i, 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 mean, I think it's the opposite a husband to take care of for my wife, but uh, but go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, so, um, and you mentioned about people analytics, and that's the, the that's that's the main thing that you're working on uh, right now. So, tell us about. I mean, this seems to be the field that that is growing and has been gaining a lot of attention recently. So, tell us. Uh, you know, tell us a little more about uh, people analytics and uh, what what makes you so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's a great question. You know, you're absolutely right. Um, it's not only gaining traction, but it also uh, probably already become mainstream um, with a lot of um, big companies, I guess. 
Um, so, yeah, if you think about it, like people have been implementing data science and advanced analytics uh, products and techniques in business groups such as, you know, supply chain, uh, finance, ERP, uh, um, you know, m medical sciences, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the whole idea of using advanced analytics and uh, predictive analytics techniques within, uh, within HR organization is, is relatively new, right? So you know, if one has to define people analytics, uh, it's really using um, all the data that associates and candidates generate during their journey with the company. Right. So when I say candidates, you know, when you're applying for a job and you're yet to get it, you're a candidate. Um, you know, once you got the job, you know, companies call you as an associate for that specific company, right? And you interact with um, an associate or a candidate interact with companies in, in a variety of different ways, right? So uh, you upload your resume, you talk to recruiters and then to hiring managers. Um, and you probably will come on site for an interview. Um, and if you, if you get selected, then, uh, you know, companies have to onboard you. And, you know, and then each year people will, uh, uh, will have a discussion around our discussions around your performance and those are performance reviews. Um, and then you might uh, get promoted or, or, you know, take a different career path. So all these actions or events uh, together produce enormous amount of data. And as a uh, people analytics um, and talent analytics uh, analyst, our job is to uh, you know, really carefully interpret and analyze all these data points and um, craft a story or an insight that's meaningful for companies to uh, you know, really deliver value and, um, uh, and, uh, and enhance associates experience while they're with that company. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty interesting and in how you can make a story out of, um, out of all this data that you're collecting uh, at, at various stages of an uh, employee. Um, so would you like to like, you know, if, if, if it is not confidential, if, would you like to uh, share something that uh, some challenging thing that you have uh, addressed a story that you have uh, pulled out of the data? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I'd love to mention a few, um, you know, a few, few projects that we, uh, that we did at a high level, right? So, you know, if you think about how people interact and how people make decisions, uh, I say people referring to, referencing to candidates and employees, it's important to realize that they have a choice, right? So especially when the market uh, is doing good, excluding last last one month, yes. So you know, how can we leverage advanced analytics or data to uh, to really enhance their experience, right? So um, you know, a couple of projects um, uh, that me and our team uh, worked on in the past were. How do we reduce uh, attrition? Right? Uh, you know, people leave companies for a variety of reasons, and um, you know, can we do something using predictive analytics to uh, to kind of understand the factors behind uh, you know people's exit? 
from companies, right? And if we understand that, um, or those factors, then we can, um, you know, go back to the drawing board and, um, you know, and try to, um, you know, create projects or experiences which would, uh, which would um, adversely impact customers, right, or, or associates. And other projects, um, you know, that we, that we worked on were, you know, given multiple different locations, especially uh, for emerging um, technologies such as AI, data engineering, et cetera. Um, you know, if we are to choose a location for, for, for posting the next job, how should we think about it? Can we leverage um, data and data science to uh, you know, come up with a few location strategies, right? And um, you know, what, are, what, what are the skills of the future? What kind of skills um, you know, does um, our company might need? Not now, not in the next um, you know, two to three months, but maybe in six months to one year or two years, right? What, what are some of the skills of the future? And, um, and you know, we also leverage uh, you know, natural language processing and data science techniques uh, you know, to perform sentiment analysis, topic modeling, you know, um, on top of the reviews and, um, and uh, surveys our associates um, you know, fill out so that we can better understand the associates and, and, and help them better, right? So these are some of the projects that, um, that we worked in the past. Yeah, that, those sound like really cool projects. And, uh, and I, I know this could be confidential, but uh, feel free to share whatever it is, whatever it isn't. So the one, one uh, problem that seemed really interesting and many people have been doing this is, is, uh, uh, is finding out where you want to post your next job. What are the locations where, uh, so, so in order to solve that problem, that's a pretty interesting problem to solve. Would you like to walk us through like, you know, what kind of steps you have taken and what were the results of doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, um, the problem was not completely solved uh, by anyone, I guess, only because it's so hard to get um, market data at the right level that you want, right? Um, you know, um, you, you, you completely have control uh, over uh, your company's data, but if you're mm -hmm. trying to understand, um, you know, how your competition is behaving or reacting to market trends, um, you know, then obviously you had to rely on top of other uh, third-party uh, data providers, right? Now we partner a lot with companies such as LinkedIn um, to get a better handle on um, on the external market factors and market data. And um, um, we also partner with um, another company called MZ, um, you know, uh, which kind of aggregates labor market data from, um, you know, government agencies and they have their own, um, um, you know, own products, which uh, kind of provide market data as well. And then we try, we try to take this market data and, and marry that with, um, you know, our roles and our jobs and how we define our job uh, functions and job categories. And, and we try to come up with some deeper insights. So, and that's a really interesting point um, that you said is, is the data oftentimes you might not have all the data that you want because especially if it's a third party data. So you partner with, uh, I mean, because Fiddle is big, it has 
um, it has the ability to purchase this data from third-party companies, but there seems to be a frustration. I mean, uh, some of the entrepreneurs that I spoke to, having no data is a common frustration uh, among many entrepreneurs because uh, to draw insights and to meet, make meaningful conclusion, you need uh, the reliable data. So what's your suggestion uh, in, in such scenarios where? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if you think about the question that you asked, it's, it's an interesting uh, conundrum, right? Because uh, on one hand, we are saying that big data is on the rise and you know, the storage is getting cheaper and cheaper. Uh, you know, uh, people are saying we need, um, you know, uh, multiple um, GPUs or whatever to kind of perform their uh, deep learning algorithms. But on the other hand, um, you know, uh, for certain problems, data doesn't yeah. exist at all, right? Um, right. So there's no uh, easy way around that. Um, and I think uh, we're seeing more and more companies trying to, uh, you know, offer products and they're obviously commercializing their product. I think it's free. Um, and I think one should find opportunities to uh, try and see if there are any other uh, companies that you can partner with to, uh, you know, to acquire the data, at least at a reasonably uh, qualitative level. And, and if you don't, um, if you don't have any data, then, you know, my question would be is, did you even have the right hypothesis? It, you know, um, is, is, I think it's a good time to revalidate your hypothesis and make sure that you're not, um, you're not trying to do something um, uh, that's not reasonable, right? So, um, yeah, you, you know, if nothing works out, that's a perfect uh, opportunity for uh, people to start their own companies so that they can, um, you know, uh, capitalize that opportunity. But, but yeah, unfortunately, there's no easy answer around that. Um, you know, I, I've seen people trying to create surveys, right? So if they want to generate some new data um, and hoping that uh, people will take their surveys and, um, you know, uh, Hopefully they can use the data for further analysis. Um, you know, I've also seen um, people leveraging services um, or crowdsourcing services um, such as uh, Amazon's Mechanical Turk. Um, you know, to uh, to crowdsource their task and also generate data as part of the process. Fantastic. Yeah, those are some. Hey man, did I, did I lose you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, okay. So, can you talk a little about data analytic projects, considering that many analytic, analytics projects fail in spite of heavy investment that companies make into it. Yeah, um, and so that's such an important question for um, uh, for people to think about before starting um, any data analytics project, not just um, advanced analytics projects, I guess. Um, but especially with advanced analytics uh, or data science projects where, uh, where 
senior leadership team considers it as a black box a lot of times. I think uh, having a clear vision and more importantly, having a clear, well-defined, uh, what we call the hypothesis is um, even more important within, within data science functions, right? So the reason behind that is, and I see this um, problem with a lot of, um, um, you know, I call it citizen data scientists, right? Who, who are trying to become data scientists. Uh, yeah, the problem is they, they think that, um, you know, we have huge volume of data and let me just um, dump everything into the model and I'll try to craft my story based on what model tells me, right? And contrast that with, um, with the following framework, right? Normally how people approach data science problems is they brainstorm a lot and try to set and come up with a very well-defined hypothesis. Um, clear um, hypothesis, and they will let the hypothesis or the problem lead everything else. I mean, everything else, right? So, um, you know, um, hypothesis should lead what kind of data you should go after. Hypothesis uh, should lead what kind of uh, assumptions one should make and who should be involved in the project. And, uh, and also, hypothesis will, will help you to uh, clearly think, you know, what are the boundaries or the parameters of your analysis, right? So in other words, it will tell you when to stop. Um, and the other, other benefit of having a well-defined problem or hypothesis is you can break um, the broader or the bigger machine learning or data science problem into multiple chunks, right? And this fits into the agile methodologies perfectly. So I think, I think that's the way to um, approach these machine learning problems instead of just trying to um, cast the net wide and, and just try to, uh, uh, you know, build your, uh, build your scope based on what, what model says. Yeah, that's a very interesting point you said in well-defined hypothesis and well-defined problem. Uh, is the key to success of a data analytics project. So what's the cost of, uh, I mean, in your experience, like what's the cost of not having a well-defined hypothesis? What, what, how can things go wrong? Yeah, so one obvious reason is time, right? So you, you just waste um, in a few months of time and, um, you know, only to realize that at the end of the machine learning project, you realize that, okay, um, I have multiple conflicting answers, right? Which one should I pick? Right, so, you yeah. know, so then you have, you, you have to go back to your uh, business leaders and say that, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any um, uh, clear answer. It could, be, it could be A or it could be B, right? So uh, most of the time, uh, that kind of explanation doesn't go uh, well at all with uh, with your senior business partners, um, and they want clear, concise, and more importantly, actionable insights. Right? Um, you can you can create uh, you know machine learning projects by using state of the art technologies, but um, uh, if the insight is not relatable or actionable, 
you know, um, leaders doesn't care at all. Right. So, yeah, so you I'm, might you might lose your uh, brand as well in the journey. So credibility and waste of time and yeah. and the amount of hours you put into it. Yeah. Uh, and and what does it take to create a well-defined hypothesis? Yeah, and this is why people say um, having good domain knowledge is of paramount um, importance when working, um, you know, in, in the data science field. Um, because if you don't have uh, a good understanding about the domain or the business area or business acumen that you're trying to solve, um, you know, you obviously have to rely a lot um, on top of the experts, right? Um, it's perfectly, perfectly fine maybe in the initial days to uh, partner with the SMEs in the field and try to uh, pick their brain, try to understand um, you know, how things work and what are some common hunches or gut feelings that they, um, that they, that they have about the specific problem. And, but eventually though, I think one should um, you know, gain, that, um, um, you know, gain that knowledge before proceeding into, um, into these projects, right? So if you think about it, uh, if you have reasonably good domain knowledge and um, you know, even if you're a reasonably good programmer and reasonably good uh, uh, in a math and stat person, you would do much better than um, a person who is only expert at one of these three things, right? That's why data science is a, um, is a, is a team sport. Uh, you know, you should, you should have uh, smart people who are, um, who are very knowledgeable from the business side of the house. And, uh, and, and smart engineers who can convert uh, your findings into products. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, you need someone with good and solid um, foundational machine learning knowledge as well. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting you said it's uh, how critical business skills are or, or domain knowledge is uh, for a data science because unlike engineering where you're given clearly defined outcomes, data science, uh, with data science, it's completely uh, different. Just the opposite, yeah. Just the opposite, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just the opposite. Can you tell us uh, more about that? Because that seems to be a very uh, crucial quality required to be a successful data science engineer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know I've seen, um, um, you know, I've seen projects at least at their uh, inception stages, um, and the only requirement um, that data scientists have is uh, is just a thought from some senior leaders, right? And uh, uh, and if you go to some research groups, um, you know they don't even have requirements, right? You know they need to they need to create their own requirements and try to uh, um, you know, try to create projects and outcomes out of it, right? I'm not going to the uh, second extreme, but um, you know, in, in, in industry setting, what happens most of the times, Aditya, is um, you, know, you, you will see existing products or existing uh, software. It's trying to, um, you know, solve um, a specific problem, right? And then 
you know, people started to think about, you know, how can we improve this or how can we um, you know, catch things before they even happen, right? And that's when, you know, people typically think about, um, you know, data science and machine learning, right? And, you know, and there is no requirement for this, right? If you take, for example, let's say you, uh, you have a um, quality control system, like a QA uh, engine, which um, which is trying to check for uh, the data quality of um, of your uh, of your database, right? And you know uh, people typically define rules um, using case statements or uh, if statements, you know, general right. rules based on their experiences. And um, yeah, if the rules if they're able to catch some records in the rules, then they would flag them as uh, you know. Um, uh, yes or no, um, uh, a, I or nay, and, and then they, they, they probably look at the no's and, uh, uh, you know, say, okay, 90% of the times, you know, it's, it's working and we go back to the uh, database and, and fix the rows, right? And, and think about, um, you know, flipping this, right? So when I say flipping this, you know, what machine learning does here is, you know, can we actually, um, create a model which identifies the rules to begin with, right? And, um, you know, and, and then hopefully you create a good machine learning model and identify some good rules and you deploy, it, right? But if you think about the specific machine learning project, you know, no one will tell you more than, you know, we need to be more proactive about identifying the rules, right? So that's your requirement. Right? And no one will tell you, uh, you know, which rules to expect, you know, what rules to not expect. No one will tell you which rules are good, which rules are bad. You know, they say that, okay, it's all the job of the model to do that, right? So, so in, this, in this specific example, what data scientists do typically is, you know, they create a framework or they create a hypothesis, right? So a good hypothesis, hypothesis in this case can be, you know, you, you have your existing rule-based model as a baseline and try to beat it, right? Um, and you can say that, okay, uh, rules-based model is identifying uh, bad rows 90% of the time. So my machine learning is machine learning model is able to beat it uh, by nine percentage points and it's able to identify uh, faulty rows 99% of the time, right? So that's, that's your desired outcome. But, um, you know, how to craft the requirements, how to write the hypothesis, you know, yeah, that's the trickiest part. And obviously you need to uh, have better handle on uh, what's currently happening and uh, what is considered as success and what's not considered as success. And who are the people who should, um, who should sign off on, your, on the project's success? Right? You know, obviously you can't do your model and say that you achieved everything, right? So you need to involve uh, some stakeholders, some business partners, technology partners to, to work with you and, and, um, um, and, and, and give that sign off, right? So, so basically to summarize, you know, it's important, again, important to set a good hypothesis and have a baseline measure of uh, defined success basically, right? So in, in this example, success is what you currently have. I mean, anything more than what you currently have is a success. And then uh, try to work with uh, you know, decision makers to convince them um, about your thoughts, 
you know, uh, uh, if you, even better thought would be make them part of this project and update them on a regular basis. Um, and once the model is done, you know, take everyone's sign off and um, uh, and that ensures you to um, have a pretty good, well-defined and uh, enjoyable data science project. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, um, data science is not merely applying your technical skills on a problem, but it also requires you to uh, learn domain knowledge, enroll business partners, work with different teams, and that seems to be a very critical role in becoming a top-notch data scientist. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah. Please go ahead. Please, yeah. No, you summarize it well. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that was my summary. So I just wanted to summarize everything that you just said. Yeah. So anything else, Ashwin, uh, that you would like to share with our audience um, on, um, on about anything that you have on your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one uh, thing that I want to share, Aditya, is, uh, is to request them to keep listening to your webinars and follow your, <laughs> uh, you know, follow your posts. Uh, and I think you're doing such a good job. Uh, but, you know, just I think data science is such a great field um i think people from different backgrounds can absolutely contribute to this field um you know you doesn't you don't you don't need to graduate from you know stanford harvard or uh, carnegie Mellon to be a good data scientist especially if you if you already have um you know, good working experience or you have some years of experience maybe not just in data field but in some other uh domain you know try to find opportunities to um, to transfer um skills rather than starting from scratch um you know try to try to find opportunities to uh, maybe job shadow with uh with some of the Coworkers who are already in the data science field are try to uh, you know uh, take courses. Uh, you don't you, again. You don't need to have a master's degree like I do. Um, just, just try to um, you know be open about learning and you know always be the first person to raise your hand for new opportunities. And um, and I'm sure um, you know uh, you'll find the data science experience to be enjoyable. Absolutely, and and, and uh, I have one question that I forgot to ask. One of the things, I mean, you have unusually good track record on how you progress in your career to become a director of data science. Uh, and I love, I love to get your answer on a secret to become that rock star data scientist. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I don't think that I'm a rockstar data scientist, but I think, uh, I, I can, I can, um, uh, I can probably give you an answer, uh, how to become a rockstar, a successful professional, right? Uh, and, and I think the reason why I use professional is I think this answer is unique for, uh, you know, whatever, uh, field that you're in. Uh, not just for uh, for advanced analytics or data science. 
Yeah, I think number one, um, number one trait to develop is always be open for new opportunities. Uh, don't, um, you know, uh, don't just um, think about what could happen or don't think about ifs and buts. Just, um, you know, take a leap of faith and just raise your hand for the next opportunities. Even better, plan for your next opportunities. And, and I'm sure that, you know, once you get to the next gig or next role, um, you know, uh, you will obviously grow into that role. And, um, and, all, and obviously keep learning, right? It's just never stop learning, never um, lose, um, or never get comfortable with your current role. And always have that uh, you know, passion for learning something new. And, um, and if you do all these things, I'm pretty sure um, um, associates and people will be successful um, in whatever field that they choose. Love that, love that. And that's what it takes to become a rock star data scientist like Ashwin. So Ashwin, um, I'm, uh, to all the English speaking audience, uh, take one minute to speak our native language, Telugu. So Ashwin, Telugu yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think Telugu, um, um, you know, India in Chachanga, but in Manaki, Chalamandi, Telugu, the easy connect out. But Telugu, Alanekadu, Inka, Mana, India in Chochina, different, uh, different states in Chochina, all of Koda. I think uh, Chalamandi, incredibly smart, incredibly hardworking. Uh, Chala passionate about um, you know, emerging technologies like uh, data science and AI. Kind in chosen in a day, Chala Mandi business acumen, business knowledge, domain knowledge, underestimate Chester. They try to uh, focus completely on uh, you know, technology and software languages. Nayadvaj in a day, balance is uh, always me a, a product uh, doesn't necessarily data product any software product uh, you know, AI machine learning product ages now try to lead with business questions me uh, business business key ela help out in the agency adi drive cheyagalite me me products me me success rate much 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 higher Okay. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Ashwin, for your time in sharing your expertise and your experience with our audience today. Um, it was a great show, and hopefully, our audience have uh, uh, will benefit greatly from your show. So, thank you. Thanks, Aditya. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hopefully you learned some important nuggets to uncover the rock star from inside of you. If you have any questions, you can reach me on my email at aditya at whoweare.io.
it's a b i t y a at who we are dot io